Hello, welcome back. I'm Grace King here with James Beery. And today, James is the interviewer, interviewee, I mean. Woo! Yeah, we're gonna get to know each other a little bit better. That way, you guys know who we are as well, because we've been doing a few episodes. And if you don't know who we are, after this, you will. You'll know everything about us. You'll know, you'll know our socials. You'll know my credit card number. You'll know James' credit card number. You'll know I everything. I don't know about that. But yours, on the other hand, I definitely think I do know. <laughs> I don't know. I get it. I cancel it like twice a month. So <laughs> I get a new one twice a month. I can see it right now. You order things on Amazon and then you lose your card. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about doing that, but I feel like your company will pick up on it at some point. I know somebody who does that. Do they get their money back consistently? All the, t- all the time. Oh my gosh, that would be so annoying all though. All the time. To like, uh, have to constantly get a new car, that would be so annoying. The big, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know, go to TD Bank, they'll just give you a new one that day. I really want to get my hair cut, but it's a little expensive, so I'm thinking maybe... I just <laughs> who got a haircut in Brooklyn? I don't live in I don't oh, no. I don't live in that part of Brooklyn. Oh no. <laughs> who did that? Oh no. I'll go to Manhattan. It's been like $190 on a haircut. Who went to Manhattan with my credit card and got Only a $190? I feel like that's how much they cost in Manhattan. I haven't even looked. I don't even want to know. That seems pretty reasonable to me. Uh-uh. I feels good. I get to be interviewed by you. Yeah, I'm excited. This is good because you you've been doing a lot of interviews with all these people, and you get to, you got to throw me in there. So I'm ready. My soul is is ready. My body. Did you is meditate ready. before? I didn't. No, I drank too much coffee. That's what I did. <laughs> he's hovering over the microphone like he's about to eat it. I did. I drank too much coffee. That's what I did. I'm shaking with excitement. <laughs> well, what porch did you? Think of for us today. Well, this is being from New York City, mm-hmm. as you might know. Mm-hmm. Um, porches, depending where you live, can be different, you know. And I've lived in the house before, but where I live now, in front of the building, is what we used to always call the stoop. That's what we do. Like, if you ever look at an old movie like um, Crooklyn or something, it's like people don't sit on a porch they play on the stoop they sit outside they braid each other's hair and stuff so in front of where i live it's like these five steps and it's like a little gray area and i used to sit there at night and i used to write i used to write fan fiction and i used to write my little books you know so that's that's kind of where i am right now i'm sitting there like 50 feet away from it right here you know Mm -hmm. i'm sitting there right now just i'm ready i feel i feel at home what did what fan like who were you writing about oh i was oh my favorite thing i used to write about which if you actually go to mediaminer.org or fictionpress.net no that's the other one or fanfiction.net if you look up magnus underscore wolfbane you'll see my fanfiction i wrote a lot of inuyasha fanfiction because I really liked Inuyasha. And in addition to that, I also wrote on Media Minor, I wrote naughty Inuyasha fan fiction. Like really naughty. And Cowboy Bebop. Like a ton of Cowboy Bebop. I have a, I have a Bebop problem. Okay. That, for my, the That's my tattoo here on my arm. It's a quote from the Beatles that was also in Cowboy Bebop. It's the little red ship from... The anime Cowboy Bebop, which aired in 1989 through, well, 2000, but it's been repeated on uh, uh, Adult Swim and uh, on Cartoon Network. And it says, you're going to carry that weight. And it's a futuristic space cowboy show. It's really fucking cool. And the music is amazing. All right. You know, it's great. You would love it. I know. I'm glad I haven't seen it now. I'm just you actually like, would. Lo- you actually would. The music is like fucking jazz, ooh. and it was done by this uh, woman called uh, Yoko Kano and Seabelts, and they do real jazz, not TV jazz, where like it sounds kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It's like real fucking jazz. Some sometimes a little off tempo, kind of a beat, like real fucking good. Um, yeah, fan fiction. Wow, that 
That's super cool. I'm gonna have to go home and watch this. <laughs> we should pause. <laughs> I'll come back. I'll come back pre- better prepared. I, honestly, I <laughs> I got uh I got the co-host of uh, Was That Gonna Taste my podcast Chandler to watch it, and it because it's a little dramatic, and he doesn't watch a ton of drama like that. But like after a few episodes, he really got into it because it's good. It's only it's short. It's like twenty episodes. And oh. they, they were like twenty minutes long because it, there's no commercials. You know, mm-hmm. it's good. It's it's on Hulu. It's it's fucking good. I watch it. Let's watch it. Do it. So I know that you're a writer. Uh, just a little bit sometimes. From a, as a little kid, did you think you're gonna go up and become a big successful writer? What was your plan? Um, it's funny because my grandfather went to college when he was. 40 and he he went he went to and he became a teacher and he was an English teacher for special education and I used to always like be around him in his house and always see the books and my mother used to always read to me and my grandfather would always read to me and I was I I had a by like three or four I had like great reading comprehension and I always wanted to like do that you know but I never my personal problem is that I don't think I have, I don't have broad goals. I've I never you know kids are like I want to be a fireman. I always wanted to write, but I never wanted to be successful. I didn't think about it. I never imagined that I could be successful, which is good because I'm not. <laughs> you know, but you know, I've always wanted to do that. And my grandfather, even though I don't think his two books are like great, he wrote two books. I used to watch him every day sit there and just write every single day. Up until like the year before he died, he would write every single day. And that seems awesome. But also, it seemed, I also used to also imagine that I'd be like fucking Oscar Wilde or some shit. Like I'd be like drinking whiskey and being like really fucking drunk and like writing massive tomes of like fucking Americana literature. I've done none of that. It's not too late. I mean, you got the whiskey part down. You have a whole podcast dedicated to it. Uh, I, I feel <laughs> that stuff was so toxic. The, that kind of like you have to like be traumatized or like be drunk and stuff to create. But like it, sometimes I feel that way. You know, I feel like, yeah, I need to be more messed up so that I can so I can write and put my heart on the page. Oh, gosh. No. Well, I met an artist once. This is the funniest thing. I think about it all the time, actually. He was this, like, 21-year-old singer who told my friend that he was trying to make life harder on himself because he didn't feel like he had enough struggles to become, so he could become a better artist. And he was, like, this, like, you know, normal-looking, like, when I say normal, I guess just mean, like, your average white guy, mm-hmm. not like normal, but like just like the face we're used to seeing. Yeah. Just twenty-one-year-old kid who liked singing pop songs, and I was like, "You don't need to go and try and make life harder for yourself. Like you had the life you had. You can't help that you had the life you had. You can't help that things were easier for you." It's kind of really fetishized, you know, the idea of like you look like like Kerouac, right? You know, on the road, and people are like. People think about on the road as being like this awesome thing. But really, it's like it was written as like a scroll and it's like 400 pages of like fucking nonsense that makes no sense. Um, One of my favorite writers who passed away recently, Elizabeth Wurzel, she wrote uh, three books. One was a a, um, was the first biography by women or by anyone, really to really talk about mental illness is called Prozac Nation. And they made a movie with it with Christina Ricci that sucked. So it went straight to like DVD or whatever. But she wrote Prozac Nation. And it's a and it's this amazing story about how she, who by the way, in hindsight, was very privileged. She went to Harvard and shit, you know, but like she threw her like she did alcoholism, drugs. Then her second book is called Bitch, which it's up on my bookshelf right there um and it's it's a it's a series of uh essays about women throughout history but it makes no fucking sense it's nothing it's rambling 
Because, as it's revealed in her third book, More Now Again, which is another biography, she was high off her freaking behind when she wrote the second book. And it makes no sense. It act, the, the book is so incoherent because maybe you, you can't get high and write. You, you can't get drunk and put out a masterpiece. People who do, do it despite their, the, the alcoholism. You know what I mean? Or you edit sober or you get an editor who is sober. Like, <laughs> how did she, how did this book get published? Did she not have an editor? Well, she did. But I think that like what happened with the first book is that, you know, she struggled with it a lot. It took a long time, but it was a, it was a cultural phenomenon because those books like Girl Interrupted and stuff, you know, there were no books like that before about people and their struggles, even though in hindsight, she's really, really, really privileged and if this book came out now, they'd be, people would be like, what? What, what? what does she have to be complaining about or something, you know? But, you know, in the second book, they were, she was so behind on the deadline, constantly, 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 you know? As long as the words are on the page and the spelling is right and, like, the ideas are there, you can put a book. Fifty Shades came out. <laughs> okay, fair enough. They, they, they took a fan fiction, cleaned it up a little bit, didn't change continuity things. <laughs> Characters just appear and disappear because when you write a fan fiction, going back to my my past, you edit chapter by chapter, but you don't go back. So the Fifty Shades books are weird a little bit because the story will progress, but some things will just go away. Because when you're writing a fan fiction, sometimes the things suck, you think, so you don't bring them back. You know, but somebody put that into a book and it was successful. So there really are no standards anymore. You can just publish whatever you <laughs> just want. Just do whatever you want. You can't. Have you published something? Do you want to? I I've written under like a pseudonym for like websites in the past, you know, and I would like to publish something. But like I have my dream story, but it's so stupid. So I'm not going to I'm not it's probably never going to happen, but like it'd be nice. It'd be nice to publish. Do you want to self-publish? Because that can be arranged. Or do you want to write your little query letters? and? I know lots of people self-publish. And I know that the industry sucks and all that stuff. But, like, everybody I know who self-published, their work sucks. Their, their work sucks. And it's not because they suck. But, like, J.K. Rowling's original manuscript for the for Harry Potter, The Sorcerer's Stone, which is out there, sucks. You need money and an editor. You need people to come help you pull things together. It's a collaborative effort. Yeah, it is. Except for, uh, there's a book by a wrestler named Mick Foley. It's called Have a Nice Day. And it's a chronicling of his career up until like he won the world championship in like 2000 and like 1989. But he, like, fin he finished high school, but like he went to be a wrestler. He never really like, he didn't like, he did community college, but he wrote this book by hand. Oh, whoa. And because he couldn't really type. And they barely had to edit it, and it's a fucking masterpiece. So, like, some people have that skill. Probably not me. I don't think that's true. I think you can. I mean, I've self-published before. The first book I did, Garbage... I'm going to take it off. It's not going to be sold anymore. Absolute terrible. Um, but I did it to do it. And then the last two, I feel like we're fine because they weren't novels. And I don't know if I'd ever self-publish a novel again. But I feel like if you get enough eyes on it, and if you do pay a professional editor, you can get the quality that you want by self-publishing. But you're going to have to do a lot of the legwork yourself, which is the painful part, which is why people don't do it or why they're why you say it sucks because they don't have the money or the mm -hmm. time to do those things because they do take a lot of money and resources. But things also don't have to be perfect. So I've had people say to me, like, uh, why do you want to do a podcast? I want to do a podcast because as a kid, I love the radio. You know, I listened to the radio. I read and listened to the radio. I stole the Harry Potter books on tape. And then when I was older, I stole the Harry Potter books on CD. And I bought the Harry Potter audiobooks on Audible. I loved radio. 
I loved music, but like there's a million podcasts, right? So you would think, why would you do that? Because this is not like the 70s. You don't need 100 million people to tune into your TV show. You only need 50 people who are really fans of you, who want to support you. You know what I mean? So like self-publishing is viable if you have people who are willing to purchase your work. I follow this writer, Rax King, who is awesome. She's like a James Beard uh, nominated writer. She's so talented, but, you know, like she lost her job for the magazine and she writes, but mainly she has a Patreon. One dollar for the base tier. You know, she has one story about her ex-husband and it's some somebody some people were like attacking her recently so she put that one story on like one of the optional higher tiers but other than that you could get all her stuff for like a thousand like one dollar but she makes thousands of dollars a month because she writes every day and she has a very small group of people who including me i pay my dollar i don't pay five i don't do the boyfriend tier which is 50 you know you know but you know I, you know, I, I freaking, I, I, you know, you support people and you, and when it comes to writing, you know, that's kind of where I think it's kind of going because there's so many books. Like there were so many books that like you would get buried by the algorithm if you wanted to be, you know, unless you go to Barnes and Noble, you go on Amazon, look for a book, you're buried. Yeah. But you don't need to make a million dollars or sell a million copies. You sell 2,000, you're probably good. If you sell 2,000 copies of your book, that'd probably be an okay amount of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just thinking in my head about, like, I didn't get payments for one book I published. I didn't, I've been a year, haven't seen any money from it. Called Amazon multiple times, never saw any money from it. They don't know where it went. I don't know. Don't know. That's suspicious. I know. But I'm I got other things to do. I need to go back and look and I will at some point, but until I have the time and energy, I don't want to mess with it because I've called multiple times and they're like, We don't we don't even know that this book exists and I was like, Okay, whatever, I don't whatever. Second book, decent amount of money ish, but I split it with my illustrator fifty fifty, which is fine because I was like, I'm not trying to profit off this book. I just wanna get it out there. Um, cause it was a, love is a hug. It's a, it's a cute little children's book. It's like 10, 15 pages. It's a poem, but it's a little silly poem that gets a little dark, that gets a little silly, gets a little stupid. And it's really just basically, I don't want to say satire, but I'm almost making fun of what I'm actually doing while doing it. And then I just got an illustrator to illustrate it. And they did an amazing job. Honestly, it's absolutely amazing. And it's only thirteen fifty. Yeah. With, you know, free delivery for Prime members on Amazon. Just saying, yeah, I should look it up. you know, Because I love it. And I think the artwork is, like, great. And it's beautiful. And can I say, you know, that's kind of why I think that, like, if I do write something, I don't know. I'm scared to self-publish because I don't want to put out crap. But like, you know, it'd be nice. It'd be absolutely nice. Actually, you know what? I forgot. I was going to buy your book. I'm buying it right now. I thought I bought it before. Oh, thank you. Yeah, everyone go buy Love as a Hug on Amazon. Uh, me and my friend published it in 2020, like October. And it's a cute book, especially if you have kids. It's good for kids. I said it gets dark. It does get dark, but they won't pick up on it. And you might not either. I don't know. I'm inspired by you. I'm a... I'm inspired by you right now. Yeah, you just said earlier to my face, making I like looking into my eyes, saying everyone I know who self published sucks, and I was like, oh, interesting. No, I, actually, <laughs> you know what? I actually forgot that you had published that, but there's a reason because it's good because it's very good. Oh, I'm honored. <laughs> I forgot not because it was bad, but because even looking at it, like I just bought it because I was like, yo, I actually wanted a copy because I wanted you to sign it, and I forgot. But, like, the artwork is awesome. The cover is awesome. So I wasn't grouping you with, like, the people that I know who write, like, fantasy stuff that sucks. 
which I have a friend who writes and I've bought all her books on Amazon because they're pretty cheap. But now she's like a turf or something. I've seen on Facebook. She was like oh, a yes. trans exclusionary radical feminist. I don't know. She started saying some real transphobic stuff. I was like, what? She's ranting every day to nobody. I'm, I'm really confused. Her stuff is not that good. Yours? Fucking awesome. And I love the poem. Nice save. Can I be honest? Thank you. <laughs> actually, this is a random tangent because this is what I do. Um, the best part of it is actually the poem, not the art. The art? Six out of ten. Above average, you know. I don't. They I'm might sorry. listen to this podcast. No, hold on. I'm my own opinion. I'm my own person. I love the cover. And I like, I like a lot of the pages. I don't love all the pages. But I love the poem. I think the poem is amazing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, amazing person who did the art. I'm, a, I'm an individual. I could have my own opinion. You're entitled to your opinion. I will say, though, that because of my lack of funds... I couldn't afford as many pages as it probably would have taken, which is why some of it might be crunched. So that is on me. I think the layout of the book, this has become, a, this has become about your book. I love it. Um, I think the layout of the book is actually awesome. I think it works very well. I think it's overall like a great package. I just feel like your writing in it, the poem is so good that like, you know, it should have been published by a big company. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's so good. I thought about actually doing the query letter thing. And then I was like, or I could get this done in six months if I just take matters into my own hands. But I got to stop doing that because my hands are getting too full. <laughs> I got little hands. Everything slips through them. It's, I lost my keys. I haven't seen them in a week. It's honestly uh, really inspiring to see people that you know doing that. Because I've always wanted to like write. And like really be a writer but it's not my lack of skill that keeps me from doing it it's my lack of confidence you know and to see you doing this thing and doing it so well it's inspiring Thanks, it, it like really it like you know makes me kind of jealous well that's why you gotta write a spite book actually you inspired me to something really real that I've always wanted to do, I always wanted to write a children's book. But it never occurred to me that I could just pay somebody to do the artwork. It never occurred to me that I could just do a children's book. It never occurred to me that I could do that until I saw you do it. Because I didn't know that I could. Well, it's very expensive. So, <laughs> I mean, they worked a deal for me and I'm very grateful but I would be paying it off until October of this year, which is fine. I'd rather pay for quality and pay them what they're worth. But it is, exp all I'm saying is it is expensive, James. Save up your money. Uh, I know that. We're going to drop a price on here? What's up? I know no, you shouldn't do that. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but they definitely cut me a sweet deal. Is it one of these, two of these, three of these? Maybe like four of these? What do you point at? Less. Really? Uh, that's that's not bad. What I'm saying is okay, so I I'm real I'm really broke. I'm like I'm like new adult broke. <laughs> Middle-aged adult broke is different than new adult broke. So like my view of money and how I spend it is different. Something expensive for me might not be as expensive for you. You might not even if you can't buy it, it just might not be feel as expensive. I feel that. I I feel that because I'm surrounded by like five iPads and like, time. you know, I just, yeah, I barely have an iPhone. You know, <laughs> I have an iPhone because my mom is nice <laughs> and lets me have an iPhone. <laughs> so having, <laughs> I just can't. Oh my God. But okay. So sorry. This, this, everything derailed. Love is a hug. I love we're, it. we're going back to you now, James. Sorry mm -hmm. for derailing the conversation. Um, I did it on purpose. I don't like for things to be about me. All right. I'm here. I'm ready. Okay. So. You have a children. Have you written your children's book? No, but I've been really wanting to for a really long time. And I've been kind of putting it off because there's two stories I want to tell. And one I've been envisioning for 15 years now. And I actually put a lot of it down on paper, but I, I decided that I didn't like it. So I adapted it for film. I sound like one of those people. It's like, then I adapted it for film. But like halfway through, I decided that, you know, I need to finish 
the I really wanted to I really wanted to do the novel. I really 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 want to shoot this thing, but I want to write it as a novel. And then something happened, and I lost all my things. What? What so happened? <laughs> I lost all my things. You don't I couldn't afford to live there no more. We got got evicted. Oh, got the door unlocked and stuff. I grabbed everything I could, but I had to leave a lot of my books behind. So I've I've always felt kind of like discouraged trying to rewrite this, which I'm pretty sure I'd be, do better now. But like at the time, like it probably wasn't that good, you know. But I just feel like it was great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you had all your ideas fleshed out, and when you have to go back and rewrite it, you might write the you might write it better. And but the bullet points you might miss, yeah. and you're like, wait, I forgot this beat. What did I write there? Oh, I don't have my frame of reference anymore. But yeah, my kid's book is, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot, and I kind of really wanted to make it happen. And I don't know, I feel inspired by you, so I think I, I think I kind of, I kind of want to do that. Well, you're also in podcasting. What? When did you start podcasting? Um, I started my first podcast, which is still ongoing. It seems like it stopped, but it hasn't because I've been working on some stuff called uh, The Art of Giving Up, which I started because, you know, there's a thing where you think to yourself, um, I can't write because I don't have the right pen. I don't have the right page. Now I need a laptop. There's There's always a thing that you need. And... I always wanted to like do something. And then one day I said to myself, I could do a podcast. And then I spent like six months thinking like, but I don't have the things I need. But then I was like, I'm lying to myself. I do. So I just went to Guitar Center, bought a, uh, a Blue Yeti microphone and just started it. And about six or seven months after I'd done it, my grandfather passed away. And I kept doing it without a break because you know the one thing that I did not want to become a master of was the art of giving up um when I first started doing it I was so shy even by myself I used to like stay in my room and I would lean in real close to the mic and I'd put like a sheet over my head to like kind of like muffle the sound and, like, I actually had an argument with my ex-girlfriend because she wanted to, like, be there when I was recording. And I just, like, did not want her near me because I could not even imagine somebody hearing me to embarrass myself. But I kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it until I thought I got kind of okay at it. And then I was working and I met Chandler and he and I became friends. And he was like, I want to do a podcast. And I was like... Well, I'm now feeling comfortable enough to maybe do it with somebody else. And, you know, we started doing it. And I think it was pretty bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> the first episode that we did together was terrible. But, like, over time, I feel like we've gotten actually pretty good. And, you know, all I wanted to do is not really be successful. But you kind of got to in order to have a hobby like this. You got to start making some money. But like, um, I started because I wanted to kind of recreate for others the same experience that I had, you know, uh, listening to these people, these personalities, you know, I just wanted to participate in that. And it's also easier than writing. <laughs> and it's a lot faster. I'm... The problem, though, is like having personality. Having personality is one thing. Uh, being able to like project that through voice is kind of hard. And then also having a personality because I don't think I have one. I, I, I think I've had like a series of like, I was talking to somebody yesterday about this, actually last night, a series of like personality traits, you know, like... Um, whatever girl I was dating was my personality. You know, I went to like 500 concerts in three years. That was my personality. You know what I mean? I went to school for engineering. That was my personality. It was all those things. You know, it was the, 
you know, that. So I kind of feel empty a little bit sometimes when I try to present myself in media because if my personality would be a thing, it'd be this. But I'm doing this. So I'd have to, like, talk about other things. I understand that. Sometimes I feel like my only personality is writing and I don't have interest in anything else. And then when I really think about it, I find that the things that I don't think about are the things that make up my personality. And I think you have the same thing. Like you love anime and that oh, makes I, up, but that's not, I don't think that's a personality trait. Yeah, then that, cause I know people who it is and it's ugly. When <laughs> so oh, sorry, God. <laughs> no, I like I swear to I'm a huge nerd, you know, and I I'm a huge crazy nerd. I have so many interests, but like I see people whose personality trait is anime, or Dungeons and Dragons, or like metal, and that's just like their entire personality. And it used to be me, and I'm like, ugh, like that's really vapid. It's really it's something so shallow. Like you, you become diaphanous. You, you, you can see through those people and see that there's not a lot else going on. I think I'd like my personality trait. If I had to be one or pick one, would be to like be good to people. You are good to people. I'm not good enough. I think. What do you mean you're not good? Enough? You're fine. Uh, what do you you? What do you mean you're not good enough? Like in what way? I can be pretty mean. Okay, so can I. Who cares? I don't I don't like it. I love being mean. I love <laughs> my favorite thing to do is just like if there's a customer and I'm working and there's a customer and I can tell that they're having a bad day, I'm like, how oh. can I make it worse? Oh, I, I <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. You know, I don't do I was that. gonna say I only do that if they're rude to me. That's the only time. If they're like having a bad I genuinely want to make them feel better, but if they're rude to me, no, fuck them. Actually, I'm pretty. I feel like the, the meaner you are to me, the nicer I am to you. But people who are like nice and show me affection is like get off of me. It's like get away from me. Don't be nice to me. Don't say nice things. Don't include me. May I suggest therapy? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to help you, dude. I don't know about therapy. That sounds like effort. I don't do that. Effort? No. No. No effort. No. No, I'd rather not. You don't want to figure out what your personality is? No. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I feel like it's so funny because people think to themselves, like, you know, the things that they do. Like, they're like, oh, my personality is. And then they'll start naming things they do. But, like, the things you do reflect who you are as a person. They aren't who you are. True. And it's, like, really weird watching people I know. Oh, my fucking God. I swear to God, I love some of these people on my fucking heart. But like, you know, do something else. You know, my main personality trait for a long time was like, just like I needed to be with someone and it didn't matter who. So my personality just became uh, serious. Uh, oh, well, there that goes. Uh, serial dating of bad people, you know. It's like, I literally met, meet, meet, meet a woman. It's like, hey, hi. Four years later, it's like, oh, well, that was a, that was a, a show. You know, <laughs> like, that's literally my, my, my experience in existing is like, you know, and the people who know me or have known me, they kind of see me being that, as that person. But I feel like maybe I am more than that person, but I don't know what that person is because I spent so many years wrapped up in needing to be with someone or needing to like, you know, be something for other people. I never learned how to be for me. Are you taking steps to figure that out now? No, of course not. Of course I am. <laughs> I what am. are you doing? Um, one thing that I'm doing is I am expressing myself. I looked back and I realized for many years that I'd, People who know me didn't know me because I never really felt comfortable opening up to people. So I, all my interactions, even people that I care about the most, were very vapid. You know, um, 
but that has kind of backfired because not every conversation I have just has to be fucking stupid serious. <laughs> like, oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> he's like, man, wow, the weather's nice outside. Yeah, I remember the time that they fucking threw me off that roof. He's like, oh no! It's like, oh boy! It's like this is not where you thought we were gonna go with this. Oh man. Okay, well that's a good step though. <laughs> I mean, it's good to be transparent. It is, I guess, <laughs> to a degree. You know, you gotta gotta be as much you as possible and one of the ways to do that is be as honest as possible and i sure do love the serotonin end of a lie <laughs> something feels real good <laughs> you know so that's your pro- you're a liar that's it i used to be a fucking crazy liar i was about to say i've never heard you lie honestly so I don't, i've not lied to you yeah i don't see you as a liar i'm gonna tell you something if i'd met you like years ago Every word out of my fucking mouth probably would have been a lie. <laughs> Why did you lie? Because it's easier. It feels better to not have to tell people the bad things you do or the mistakes you make or, you know, like if you're wrong about something, you know. I remember when I was like, like when I was in high school, you know, I couldn't really afford anything. So I used to fucking go to GameStop and they, and they don't do this anymore. But like inside of the, uh, the game cases, they had like a booklets in GameStop, what they would do is they would keep the booklets in the bu- box, but there would be no games. I used to steal the booklets and keep them in my book bag so I could read them and talk to people about things that I did not have. Oh, <laughs> that's so sad. <laughs> that sounds sad, but, like, I was lying, and that's not good, you know? And I did those kind of things not to lie to people to, to make them feel bad or something, but to make myself feel better. Or like more accepted, you know. So it seems like lying for you, although you knew it was wrong, you did it to as a way to protect yourself. Oh, totally. It's not an excuse, though. That's not you know. Well, yeah, but this in the past, you know, it's not. Now I'm just intrigued. Now I'm observing. I oh, yeah. I have become the therapist. Observe That's the, the catch twenty. I pull out my certificate now. The certificate from counselors online. I'm ready for it. I wish that was a thing. My roommate in college was a psychology major, so I feel like I could <laughs> probably just <laughs> osmosis. take the test or whatever. Uh, I don't it. know how they okay, make someone a psychiatrist. I don't know what they have to go through. I think you go to psychiatry school. That's step, <laughs> Maybe. That's, that's step one. <laughs> that's step one. Then you got to go to grad school. Well, you, get yeah. the, uh, you, go, you do your undergrad in psychology or whatever you want to do, I guess, maybe. And then you do the grad school thing. Well, I'll take I'll take it. Give me your uh, hit me with the psych psych, psych psychological lead. Oh, I got I got nothing. I, <laughs> that degree was it was online. It was from oh. the University of Couch Online. Like oh. it's not. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say ASU, but University of Couch is better. Well, I um, just saw a couch behind you, and I was like, quick, a word, <laughs> a word, uh, 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 <laughs> couch, couch, TV, computer. My name is Mr. Couch TV Computer. <laughs> University of Couch isn't bad, though, because that's what people have been doing now with that their is, Zoom. That, that is true. It's a thing, I guess. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't know. I graduated before the pandemic, so I wouldn't know. Oh, wow. Look at you. la de freaking da <laughs> Just happened to be born one year prior. Oh, Lord. Oh, my. <laughs> anyway, back to, the, back to the topic. Oh, no. So what's next for you, do you think? You've come this far. You're making new discoveries about yourself. You're finding your personality. You're writing. You're podcasting. What do you want to do next? Honestly, I'm alive. And, you know, for a long time, I don't know. I I guess I didn't think I'd make it or whatever, you know. So now I think it's time for me to start getting my shit together. Now, I mean, I don't know. I'm really, I'm kind of (laughs) focused on kind of, doing the best at the things that I'm doing now. And I really want to throw myself into what I'm doing. I want to throw myself into writing, into podcasting, because I think that if I do, I will develop skills. And even if, let's say I spend five years throwing myself into podcasting, it's not successful, but I do it really hard. Not as I did for the first year, where for me, the first year of podcasting was just getting the confidence enough to even do it. And the second year was like, now that I 
I know that I can do it. Let me try to figure out what kind of thing I wanted to be. And then the third year was like, you know, kind of like kind of trying to create good content and like try to make it happen. But I did that over the course of four years when it probably should have only taken one because I didn't like really dive into it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really take the time and effort to make it a thing that I did more than a little bit before when I did it and a little bit after when I was done, you know? So now I want to kind of approach things seriously. I want to like take my time. I want to make them happen. But the problem is, especially working with other people, I just don't have it in me to like be telling people what they need to be doing. It's really hard for me. Uh, I feel like, you know, I'm always on time. I'm always early. I always try to do the things. But I, I, I really have a hard time expecting that from other people or like putting pressure on them because I don't feel good doing that, you know. But like when you're doing things, you're creating things, you're working together, you kind of got to, you have to approach it seriously. Even if you're like joking, what you're doing is a thing that you're doing. You're taking time and investment and money and you need to like focus on it. And I, I kind of didn't do that for a long time. I kind of just did it. I just did it. So I'm kind of trying to like hope that if I actually take the time to work hard at the things that I'm doing, that maybe it won't have been a complete waste of time. You know, I feel like that's kind of where I'm at. Just trying to be better. Hashtag better hashtag podcast <laughs> hashtag, hashtag was that in good taste yeah everyone listen to his podcast by the way was <laughs> that in good taste starring him and chandler phillips it's a good podcast i i learned something i love listening to it because number one y'all sound so good y'all like have really good voices and it's easy to listen to because they're just like smooth i think part of it's like your setup too the equipment like you have all, really good all, equipment it's all the equipment and yeah. the, you'll talk about good content i'm trying it's hard sometimes man but i'm i'm, I'm trying to like really do it <laughs> and it's sometimes it's miss but i feel like more and more lately it's been hit no y'all are killing it and the erasure episode i really loved it was uh, really good it was great i do think i have a skill that is talking passionately about things that I'm passionate about. I think that's kind of like my skill. And you're very knowledgeable because you've had so much life experiences and you've been so many different people too. You can speak from that experience. That's going to go great when you're writing characters. Like whenever you're <laughs> in a room, it's going to be great for characters. <laughs> you're going to have so much material for backstory. That's actually one of the things that's super cool is from living in New York and like living in the Bronx. And like people say, where are you from? Like I'm from New York, New York City. Like, where in New York? Well, <laughs> I was born in Brooklyn. I lived in Harlem in the Bronx, mostly in Harlem. But even though I lived in Harlem, I commuted every weekend to Brooklyn. And like, and then I went to high school in the Bronx. When I lived in Bro like, I'm, I've been all over New York City. And I've been around so many different types of people. And I've seen and experienced. Like, I was never, I mean, I started a gang once. Which, it was like a whole thing. Somebody got, like, I started a gang. We were joking around. It's like, we were going to start a gang. And then, like, they were being, like, wild. So, like, I stopped hanging out with them. And, like, a few years later, like, one of them had gotten shot. And I, I was in college. And he ran to me. He's like, yo, what's up, OG? And I was like, oh, shit, you're here. What's going on? He's like, yo, we was wondering where you've been at. Yo, we got you. You can come back anytime. And I was like, yo, we were, like, 14 years old. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, oh, shit. We st I started, oh, shit. What I, was the gang called? I don't oh, tell you. I didn't incriminate myself. Also, I kind of don't remember, but it was some, <laughs> it was some real, you know, they even, they actually, tell. I can't even get started with the things that I've seen. Like, I've been not shot at. I've had a gun pulled on me. I've not been shot at, but, like, I've been shot around. You know, like, you know, like when you're up in university in the Bronx, people are shooting, not at you, but you're there. Oh, you know my gosh. I mean? Like, I've, what? Vampire New York City scene, goth industrial New York scene, and I'm black, and, I, and I'm from the hood. So, like, I also experienced that. Like, the only thing I've never really experienced is white people. Because <laughs> um, 
you know, I didn't know any white people my whole life, really. I'm pretty sure they existed. But, like, if I saw somebody who was, like, a lighter skin, I guess I just thought they were Puerto Rican. Like, I don't think I knew anybody who was, like, really white, you know? And then, like, I met a, I was on a poetry website, and I was writing poetry, and I met this girl on there, and she was German, she was white, and I dated her. And I actually, like, went, we hung, spent a lot of physical time together. But, like, after that, it doesn't really count. That was, like, a little bit of time. I didn't know any of the white people up until I was literally fucking 27 years old. And I was working at Starbucks, and I was working with someone who was white. And we became friends. And I was like, huh, I'm friends with a white person. <laughs> like, it's really weird to be, like, to imagine that I wouldn't really know any white people. Like, I've seen them. Like, you see where I live. I see them. But, like, I don't, I don't know any. It's weird. It's a little weird. I, you know, it's so weird, too, because, like, my ex, like, I mean, like, I actually was talking to, so my friends, for some reason, always make fun of me, They're like, oh, you only date white girls. I literally have only actually really ever dated one woman who was white. But for some reason, my friends think it's fun to make fun of me, which is weird. Be like, oh, you only date white girls. I don't, like, where would I meet white people at? Equinox? Like, I can't wait like, <laughs> the fuck. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I, I worked in Starbucks. You know Starbucks in New York? All the employees are fucking black. They're all fucking black and Hispanic with a few white people. And almost everybody who goes in Starbucks is fucking black. Because this is a very urban city. You know what I mean? There's lots of black and Hispanics and Filipinos, Latinos. All that fucking stuff is here. So you don't really, I don't, you don't, you're not, I mean, I have been now that I've gotten older and I go to certain different spaces, but like you're not super exposed, you know, but like it's really weird. But also all the people that I know, they're like real light skin. be using the hard R, not the hard R. They be using the soft A, my bad. I was, my mind was somewhere else. They was thinking about the, they be using the soft A. They just be up in here just like saying things, you know, using the, you know, the R slur is real in these streets. Okay. When I was a kid, I used to say the Arsler so much. It was kind of a lot. And I never, I never, I never really liked, even when I was a kid being like, things are gay. I never liked that. But even though I didn't like that, I would use the F slur real hard. Okay. Well, it's what it's what everyone else is doing. And when you're a kid, you're like, I don't know. I just got to do what everyone else is doing. But it is kind of weird now to look at like my light skinned Hispanic friends just walking around. <laughs> saying some stuff and it's just like oh you that is i don't know if you're supposed i mean like i guess i can say it but i, I kind of don't want to but you you definitely can't you really should be saying that i was in the diamond district with chandler we were just walking through because i had to do something and there's this bald white guy who he might not be white but he looked white so i don't know um he just yells at his friend across the street and screams the N-word. And I was like, where are we? But you know what? I'm not even... I'm, when, I, when it happens, I don't even be surprised. I'm so acclimated to it that, like, if when I met you, if you would have been like, yo, what's good? And you would have just stopped popping off like that, I probably wouldn't have even thought anything about it. Because I just grew up around that, you know? But mm, people shouldn't do that. Now... I'm about to get myself canceled, but I'd be saying some crazy, real hard slurs because in private, when I'm joking with my friends, I try to be irreverent and I think that those things are very bad. And since I think that they're terrible, I just have to make jokes about it. Uh, not about the words, but about how terrible it is to use the words. But I've decided I'm going to stop doing that because it encourages people because there's context and you have to it doesn't matter if you know that you're trying to be irreverent or try to make a political statement. People can walk by and hear that. People in that space, me and Chandler be joking about things and I actually had a conversation with him once before we started recording because he doesn't say anything bad, but I was like, you know, I feel like I should stop making certain kinds of jokes because even though they're not particularly bigoted or wrong, I don't want to create a space where even though I know your intentions where you're comfortable with saying things, 
and I shouldn't be super comfortable with like, you know, you don't want to create that kind of space. And man, it is really hard sometimes because I like to think I'm funny, <laughs> but it's easier to just not do that, you know? And it makes you funnier in the long run because you're being more creative. 100%. That being said, though, there is a place for like, you know, crazy, crazy humor that really pushes the edge. But you have to like kind of do like Dave Chappelle was talking about the Chappelle show. He's like, he was talking about how, you know, at some point he didn't realize if they were laughing with them or at them. That's you, you really have to be careful when creating and doing art and stuff. You you can't be out here making spaces where people think it's okay to use slurs. Yeah, it's true. Because, man, I would be lying if I said, not frequently, but like once in the last six months, something happened, and the art slur came to my mind. And I was like, wow, I have not thought that in a long time. But I don't think it anymore, really, because that's no longer accepted. And so I learned... And I don't, I don't be, th- I don't think that when something bad happens or just wrong, I don't think, oh man, I'm an arsler. Except for that one time, I did something real stupid, and then just, I just had to be mad at myself. But we have to create good spaces to not do that. And anybody who says you can't be funny anymore, you're just not funny. Yep, and that's a great, that's a, that's a great note to end on. Honestly, like it's just true. If that's how you feel, you're not actually funny. Because it's not it's not actually comedy at the end of the day. It's just like being mean. Yeah. But arrested development does a good job of what you're saying. People who say that you can't be funny anymore, it's always sunny, is hilarious. They literally have an episode called Hero or Hate Crime. And the bad things said in the episode are done in a way where you're supposed to look at these people and be like, wow, they are bad people. You can do humor like that. But probably whoever's listening, I'm sorry, you can't do humor like that because you're not a good writer as good as these people are or as good an actor, most likely. And if you are, you don't feel attacked or you didn't feel attacked two minutes ago Yeah, anybody because you know what you're doing. Yeah, anybody who's like, man, oh, that, it's a you problem. Yeah. Oh, so we have matching tattoos. Oh, yeah. Because this we is about, because this is, you know. Um, we have matching cat tattoos. I know. I think I think you spoke about it before in another episode, but we have. The, I just think it's funny that we have matching tattoos. It's really weird. I have a hard time connecting with people. But when I saw your tattoo earlier, I was like, "Yo, this is a real freaking connection with somebody." That's crazy. We have the same tattoo, like in the same place. Yeah, that's and we wild. did it at the same time. That's by wild. the same person. That's crazy. And paid the same price. Oh, that's crazy. I know. I've never had a matching tattoo with someone, but I'm glad it's with you. Oh, wow. I'm about to cry. Um, yay. I'm glad they got to know us more. Yay. I hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Oh, I have, I have plugs. I have plugs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's right. I have plugs. All right. What's up, everybody? Of course, don't forget that you can listen to my podcast with Chandler Phillips. Was that in good taste? Where? Everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Dog Catcher. If there's a podcast RSS feed thing. You know, Amazon Music, we're on there. But really, if you go to like anchor.com forward slash was that in good taste, you'll always find us. You can support us financially there. And you can also find me on the, on the Twitter at what funny friend. I wanted to be the funny friend, but that's taken. So there you go. Or on Instagram at Art of Giving Up Podcast. And my co host, Chandler Phillips, even though he's not here, I'm going to give him a shout out. Uh, BumblebearComedy.com is his website. You can find all his things there. Thank you so much for having me, Grace. Thank you for being. Thank you for being here and for producing and editing later. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like we're in my house using my equipment, doing all. all, all <laughs> I don't even know. It's your podcast, really. <laughs> I mean, it's yours. I'm just here to help. Uh, you know. Thank you for having. You have your things. You have your plugs and stuff. I'm just here. I'm done now. Now I'm quiet. I I'm mean, just... if you want to follow me, sometimes I plug the things that I do on Instagram. Actually, no. This is what I want to plug. I'm a freelance writer. I write for money, cold hard cash, or you can Venmo me. I don't need the cash. I just need the money in some form. So check out my website. You can find the link on my Instagram page, amazing under no my that's my Twitter. My Instagram name is King. You spell out comma Grace K I N G C O M M A G R A C E. Find me there. 
And then check out my freelance website because I'm trying to make some money. No lie. Grace is an absolutely amazing writer. And it's your podcast. But again, you have to plug your book. Love is a hug. Amazon. Love is a hug on Amazon. Yeah. If you want to get a little taste of what your the writing I can do for you is, you can check out Love is a Hug on Amazon. Order it. I don't think there's a digital copy. So order it. Read it and read it to your kids. Read it to your kids' kids. Woo. Make the kids read it to you. I don't know. Do whatever you want. <laughs> okay, that's it. Thank you so much for being here today. <laughs> it's I weird. Really it's weird because it. I'm because we're here. It's not yeah. over Skype. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>